You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. Andrew again. Uh, again, this is one of our shows pre-recorded to get you guys content. It should be about November 9th when you hear this. Um, and I hope the woods have been good to you. We are in the heart of the rut and just should be inching up that bell curve of activity. Um, I can't even tell you what the weather's like because I'm two weeks in the past at this point, but, uh, real quick, here's, uh, here's where we're at. We're going to get you a quick rundown of the partners of the show, followed by, uh, an introduction to what, what today's episode is going to look like. So thanks to our guys at go wild. Uh, love those guys. They're the best. Um, get on there, check out all the deer that are falling, uh, people's harvests coming through this exciting time of the year. You never know what you're going to see on there. Some really big deer, cool deer, uh, all ages, everybody posting their stuff. Uh, and what a great community everybody over at go wild, uh, has built. So, um, also you got your shop on there. If you're coming across any gear that you might need, uh, a lot of our partners are on there, but they got one stop for all, all the things you need. Half rack, uh, another partner of the show, uh, they are one of those uh, companies that you'll find on Go Wild, and they've got the little nick nick snacks that that you might figure out you need along the way. This time of the year, you got long sits. Don't forget the snack snack pack. Uh, that's definitely a, a big one in my world. Once you're you're going for these prolonged days out in the woods, um, and also the meat lug is hopefully being filled or has been filled at this point. Black Gate hunting gear. Oh, I'm, you know me. I always screw this up. So let's go back to Half Rack real quick. If you get on Half Rack's website, half-rack.com, Ohio Outdoors 15 is your code. Um, Black Gate hunting gear. Um, the code there is O2Podcast. We'll save you 10%. I know cameras probably have already been placed in the woods, and hopefully you're getting lots of pictures and daylight and bucks, but... Uh, if you're looking to upgrade your cameras or need a few more out there in the property, there's no better on the camera on the market, if you ask me, uh, than the Blackgate cameras. Super clear quality, awesome app, totally user-friendly, good people, Ohio-based, and I just uh, I can't say enough about them. I wish, wish I had them everywhere. Um, but again, O2 Podcast, save you 10% on those cameras. The Midwest Gunworks, again, as we're getting closer to gun season, you got any pieces or parts you need, it's, that's your place to find all your all your gun parts. And Or if you're thinking about upgrading, they can ship firearms as well, uh, obviously through proper protocol. But uh, MidwestGunworks.com, Ohio Outdoors 5 will save you 5%. X-Vision, we are cl getting closer to those January, February days and nights where coyote activity will be up, right? And in Ohio, that's our, our big nighttime hunting gear or hunting opportunity. But X-Vision Optics is going to be your place for thermals and night vision. Awesome quality, very cool product, super easy to use. And I've had the privilege of using them for coyotes as well as hogs down in Oklahoma. So definitely give those guys a look. Um, Timber Ninja Outdoors. The code there is Ohio. 
and that'll get you free shipping. So just OHIO, nice and simple. But saddle stuff as we get closer to Christmas uh, and the holiday season, if this is something you need to be maybe putting on your list or you've got kids that you are thinking about looking into the saddle world, definitely take a look at their selection. They've got a couple different models. Uh, I run the Nano. Love that thing. Super light and comfortable for me. Uh, Paul has the, I think it's the ultimate, I think it's what it's called. And uh, he likes that. He's a little bit bigger guy. I'm smaller. So they fit both of us well. They got sizes for everybody <laughs> there. <clears throat> and if you need to upgrade your climbing sticks, the, the carbon fiber sticks are, are out of this world. Um, those are my babies and they go with me just about everywhere. Uh, and they do not stay in the woods because they are very valuable to me. But, um, so yeah, oh, the code is Ohio there at Timber Ninja. If you're looking to get into that, uh, last but not least, we have deer nuts. So it's not crazy to think you'll get more deer this year. It's not insane to believe that a 12 point buck will soon be smiling at you from over the fireplace. It is however, nuts, deer nuts. The savory acorn flavored attractant deer can't resist made with advanced extrusion technology. They're easier to eat and harder to dissolve in rain. Grab some nuts at getdeernuts.com slash Ohio. While there, check out some cool merch like the no nuts, no glory truck decals and more. That's getdeernuts.com slash Ohio deer nuts. You could try hunting without them, but you'd be well nuts. Um, so there's a, those are our partners of the show. They help keep Paul and I going, um, help us to get out and see see different things, talk to different people. And I'm trying to think. I don't have any up-to-date news because I'm doing this show two weeks in advance. So we will fill you back in with anything from there. And we'll start probably getting harvest numbers before too long from ODNR. And that'll be fun to track and see how things are going. This week's show, though, is with a couple um, people I've known for a few years. Parker and Peyton are the brothers up in north central Ohio. And then Philip is out in uh, kind of northwest Ohio. So Philip and I went to school together. And him and I communicate. Actually, we work a little bit now together um, in our real jobs. But the philip has been a saddle hunter for quite a few years now he's been in on the archery i think he said since 2015 and has not been able to take um a buck with his bow so he's had a lot of challenges and bumps along the way he's very his story this year is is interesting it's kind of a reminder to all of us like to just be persistent and uh, sometimes you, you, you never know what's going to happen. Um, we talk, uh, you know, as he gets going and tells you about the, the properties on and even the challenges he had that day, uh, and how it ended up working out. It, it, it's just the persistence and Philip is as cool as a cucumber man. And he is, you know, very chill and doesn't get real wound up about, about a lot. And I think that that showed in his, um, you know, his story, uh, along the way. And then with Peyton, Peyton, uh, gets his first vertical bow buck kill and a little bit different scenario, family farm, but him and his brother, um, Parker had been watching these deer and really paying attention, trying to figure them out. And I think I talk about it in the, in the show, but Parker had been texting me telling me, you know, tonight's a night, tonight's a night. And, uh, he was right. He was right. A couple hours later, I got a text that, you know, the, the buck had gone down deuces deuces was the dot, the deer's name had gone down. So, uh, I'll let them tell their stories. I, you know, we got a lot of peas in this, uh, episode. Maybe I should have titled it something with the peas, but, um, one of the things that I took from both of these stories really, as we move through the month of November and closer to the month of December with deer camps 
coming around and stuff. Both these guys utilize mentors and with the brothers, you know, Parker was kind of the mentor to Peyton. I know Parker's dad, Parker's dad's been a very good mentor to all three boys, but Philip, same thing. He's been, you know, didn't come from a hunting family and utilize mentors. So if you're on them, we'll call it more experienced side of things. Remember that there are people, they could be little people that are, are listening to you and picking up what you say and watching what you do in the woods. And they could be people that are not little. They could be people that are just new to hunting and they want to learn from you. So keep that in mind. Um, it's, it's really valuable. I think as hunters in general, outdoorsmen, women, we have to rely on each other to help build that next generation and keep things going the right way. Um, not to get into a big discussion about that, but this is a time of the year where, you know, don't clam up on people. Don't, you don't have to be, you know, holding all your secrets in, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to share, especially with new people, the little tips and tricks that you've picked up along the way, because somebody probably taught you, um, how to, how to find deer sign or play the wind or any of that kind of stuff. Give back, you know? Um, so that's all I got for this week. I hope you guys are having great success in the woods. Please share with us on Instagram or Go Wild. Instagram, it's the.o2.podcast. And Go Wild, it's o2podcast. And if you've got questions, thoughts, comments, anything like that, share away. We'll take reviews if you want to throw them up there on, on whatever you're listening to our show on. But we appreciate you guys very much and paul and i will be back next week hopefully giving you an update from michigan or uh, at least where things are at for us in the woods have a great week everybody be safe and shoot straight so hold on we're gonna back up our, our little previous conversation there all right so you took down your your buck six days after your child was born, your first child was born yeah so our baby was born october 2nd and i shot the buck october 8th buddy so it's keep, been a wild gotta, ride you got a keeper right there yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's letting you out six days after to go deer hunting yeah and it was southern ohio like three and a half hours away and that's not right around the block for you. No, for it's sure, not. So. Her mom was in town, so that's the saving grace. So uh, there you go. So that's how I got let off the hook. But well, tonight I, I'm joined with a friend of mine, Philip. Uh, Philip, I've known you for I don't know what probably ten, fifteen years at this point. Yeah, Ohio, we go back to Ohio State, I think. Back, back to school and all that, and. Uh, now you're running a successful company and we have mutual love of deer hunting and I get to work with you at work and then also talk about deer, which is just, I love when those two things come together. Yeah. Right. Um, but I want to hear about your hunt this year. Okay. So yeah. congratulations on the, on the baby. And, uh, that's, that's very exciting. Uh, but you also, this is your, is this your first buck? first archery deer so i killed a spike with an opening day of gun nine years ago patient so man you are been a long time coming a few deer have been passed in the meantime yeah wow i mean i know you and i have talked for a couple of years now you've been hunting out of saddle i actually i relied on you for a lot of um input on that and it just seemed like you were doing everything right from what we talked about, but you just kind of kept having mishaps or something would happen or not see something. And Yeah. There was a few deer that were missed or, or hit along the way, more misses. Um, but yeah, it finally all came together. Wild story this year. Very thankful. Yeah. So, and I know in my time hunting, I went about six years without getting, before I got my first deer period. Hmm. And that struggle is a lot to overcome. Um, at least for me, I mean, you're a very chill person and, you know, patient. I can see it, you know, just from my, know, knowing you. But, like, 
can you talk a little bit how you overcame some of those ups and downs along the way and and because to, to me that there's a psychology of deer hunting that I think a lot of times we don't think about it's all about let's just get the the grip and grins and that kind of stuff but it doesn't always go the way you want it to and to really push through the down times um mm-hmm. nobody talks about that right no yeah so it's I started bow hunting the year after I killed my first buck or first deer so 2014 so I bought my bow 2015 this is the ninth season I think so it's been a long time coming but as far as the the patience, I think it's it's like they talk about a lot of things in life as enjoying the journey. You know, like I'm not, I don't hunt just for the kill. I enjoy being in the woods. So the whole time you're enjoying that part of it, but there's so many frustrating moments, like where a deer doesn't come, you know, on the path you want it to. You, you miss an opportunity on a buck. I've had that happen multiple times where I screwed something up. Um but it's just about staying the course. I, I came and believe how everything came together this year. Finally, it is one of those things. It's got to stay at it. How old are you? 33. 33. Okay. So you're wise beyond your years, probably way, way wiser than I am. But the, uh, you know, if there's any kids out there listening or if they, you know, anybody, if you go through a period where you have down, down times, like, learn from it, enjoy the ride, right? I think that's one of my problems. I get in the woods and I'm like, all right, if you don't, or I have had this problem in the past, this year seems to be better, but if I'm not successful, or if I don't harvest an animal, this is not a success, but that's not how it should really be based on, right? It should be like you're saying, enjoy the ride, learn from it, uh, take it in just being in the woods, turning the phone off or whatever, turning the outside world off and, and enjoying your time out. Look, out in looking nature. back, if I could give, um, I guess wisdom to anyone would be to take the opportunities that you're given as a young hunter. Cause like I went quickly like podcast, the podcast world was ascending. Right. So I went quickly into deer podcast university. So I know a lot about deer hunting, but then putting it all together and making the opportunity happen is a lot different. So like those reps, when you can, you know, harvest your first doe, like there'll be times that I didn't harvest a doe because maybe there was yearlings with her and that, and that moment might be the right, right decision. But over the course of time, like, you know, shoot that forky, right. in your second year bow hunting, just to get those opportunities, because it will be easier and things will come together probably a little quicker than they did for me. Because as you start, you know, consuming all this podcast information, then you start your goal is like a three-year-old, right? You start holding out. And being in Northwest Ohio, I mean, it's a good deer area. So as you know, I mean, there's we got big ag fields. Um, so there's an opportunity for something like that's there. But just take the opportunity that you're given. If it's, if it's something you're happy with, you know, then pull the trigger. For sure. Yeah, there's no shame in that learning experience. I actually think the idea of taking a forky or a, a younger buck early. I mean, if you went out and shot a, a 180 class deer on your first time out, kind of spoils a lot of it. You have nowhere to road. go. Yeah. So, um, all right. So this year, your wife has a baby. Six days later, you're out in the woods, right? Yeah. Um, was this the first sit you'd had? Or so first I had time sat opening night, I believe on one of the Olot properties, okay, not good. too far away from, so to back it up, we had, I, my dream had been to buy a piece of ground and land's expensive where we're at. So I'd always, I've been hunting Wayne national Southern Ohio for years and we stay at a farm down that way. So I was looking in that area because we already knew a lot of public ground and it would make sense to buy something in that area because we have a place to stay. The downside is it's such a long commute limits the amount of times you're going to be able to get down there but you know it's like the value crosses within convenience right so it's like you buy a piece of ground 2500 bucks an acre it allows you to at least get into the game get some habitat work so we had put an offer in on a property i walked it on labor day this year um so i'd went down i had gotten permission from the realtor and landowner because we hadn't closed yet on the deal and, but I mean, it was pretty much ours contract was signed. I was just waiting for stuff to go through. So I had went down there on a Sunday, the eighth with my skid steer quad 
had some family in from out of town who were already hunting Southern Ohio. So we took the bush hog down there or picked up a bush hog at the farm we were staying because my skid steer was on my trailer. Bush hog was Southern Ohio, but this farm had been logged in 2018, I believe five years ago. So there was, you know, there's a lot of like telephone pole type trees. Most of all your mass producing trees that are any kind of size were taken down. Um, what it did was it opened up the canopy. So tons of sunlight to the floor, um, raspberries, vines, all kinds of stuff, like just total deer cover. So we took, started bush hogging trails about three hours in, I break a hydraulic line on the skid steer. So the night at that point's done other than a little more handwork. So me and one of my cousins, um, he's a hunting men- I have a couple mentors from out of state. They've been really big in the development of my, you know, just sharing ideas because I didn't grow up hunting. Like my dad wasn't a hunter. So these relatives have been really big and kind of guided me along the journey. But he was filming for me that Sunday night. And uh, yeah, about right where the hydraulic line broke on the skid steer, about right in that area. We had mowed a trail. Buck came out about 20, about 30 minutes before end of shooting light. And smoked them about twenty yard shot. So, so we'll back up here just a hair. But the uh, had had you you hadn't closed on the property yet, but you were working on it where you blew the hydraulic line. No, we ended up closing on that same week, end of that week, I think. Okay, so, so the property is yours. The property was yours at that point. No, it wasn't. So we had permission from the landowner and the agent to hunt. Got it. Got it. Got it. The property closed five days later. Gotcha. So and it's ours now. Do, doing some habitat work though. Yeah, yeah, we were seeding trails and oats and mowing bush hogging, nice. and then from the time we parked on the property, the seven hours later, shot a deer. Is that crazy? Incredible, <laughs> incredible. It's one of it, it, one of those mo or uh, times. I swear. Whenever I, if I do everything right, I won't even see a deer, right? Yeah. I'll just be like, everything's perfect. Sand control's good. Wind's good. I climbed in quiet. I got through the dark, whatever. Everything's perfect. Then there's been times where, you know, I'll drop my coat out of the tree, drop a glove out of the tree. One time I got to the stand late when the sun was already up and I was left, you know, in the morning, I wasn't going to see anything. And it's those moments where it seems to come together. Um, out screwing around in the woods, you know, you should be kicking everything out. They should be a mile away. And uh, here you go. So were you, you were in your saddle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And did you have a pretty good idea of what tree you were going to head to? Or is this one of those things like as you're working on the property and, and seeing scouting kind of real time decide, eh, we'll go over here. Yeah, no, that's what it was. So Joe, who was ended up filming for me, there was some large oaks that were either right on the neighboring property line or like maybe five yards off, but you know, their, their canopies were overhanging ours. Right. So as we're like going down the trail, essentially it's a logging road that had been opened up along the property line years, whenever they, you know, logged the property years ago, but he, we had seen a bunch of big white oak acorns laying in that area and a small rub kind of all along that, that trail that we had been mowing. So we were just trying to, we had, I think we had a west wind that evening. We were just trying to set up somewhere in sight of one or two trails coming off of the neighboring ground, you know, with the idea that deer would be coming to feed on these white oaks at night. So that was kind of the idea. So I'd only been on the property one day previous, so I didn't have, there was areas of the property I liked, but there was no like certain trees. It's like, Hey, you know, this is my, my saddle tree. And uh, did you have any cameras or anything out? No, no, there was nothing. So we had no intel. I didn't know. I mean, obviously you could see some deer signs, some deer trails on the property, no active scrapes that I saw, but you know, deer are using it. It's super thick. Yeah. Um, and he had a food source, but nothing to tell us that, Hey, there's going to be deer here tonight. Mm. So it's just relying on, I mean, some of my hunting knowledge, but these people that you're rubbing shoulders with, right. that have done it for years. And it's like, Hey, this makes sense. But like, but he's also like, hey, I don't know if the hydraulic oil is going to mess the deer up tonight. And then, boom, you know, three hours later, they're right on the trail where the oil is spilt. So. Yeah, using real woodsman skills to yeah. <laughs> pick on a deer. Imagine that, huh? I don't know if that considers his bait, but. 
Yeah, no, as I, as I sit here and my, my camera keeps buzzing and buzzing and buzzing, um, which seems to be a nonstop at this point, which is good, good, right? That's a, that's a good sign. Yeah, I think um, they're really going to start moving here in the next few days. I get through this warm weather, yeah. but, uh, even at that, you know, they were still up and going when it's, as it cools down. So, um, all right. So you guys blow the hydraulic line, then you, uh, say, all right, let's go, go hang in the trees for the evening. Yeah, so me and one of my other cousins kept working on the property for a bit. Joe ran back, changed at the house we stay at, which is like 10 minutes away. I changed at the property, head up, hang for a couple hours. Um, but then the last, so shooting light that night was 7.30 or so, and maybe 6.45, some does start coming out. Well, where he was sitting was closer to the quad trail, the logging road. So he could see, he also saddle hunts, he won sticks. So he ends up further up the tree than I do. But he was looking down the logging road and he tells me there's a shooter. He's maybe 10 yards from me. So he's like, oh, shooter. And uh, so he's like watching it. I can't see the, the buck, but I saw a couple of does come out. And then about 15 yards away from us, a, another doe comes out. I'm in an oak tree that's like this big, like not a lot of cover. And he's in it. He's like, and you're showing that you're about four inches, five inches, right? That's a little bit. It was maybe eight Six. inches diameter. Okay. It's, it's pretty small. small um but he's in a hickory so he has tons of green leaf cover still but which is also inhibiting his view down the trail so this doe pops out onto the trail about 15 yards from us and he can't see her i'm pretty sure so he's like whispering to me about the buckers and i'm like locked onto this doe well she blows after she you know decides this isn't right so all three does bust back onto the neighbor's property were, right they in your wind? were they in your wind or did they see you? No, it's just from that one doe. That one doe saw us or saw something, me or him. Um, but then this buck, he just stays on the trail looking back up towards us. So then Joe grabs his grunt call and just starts letting out a series of grunts. That property's super thick. And then that buck just started working his way right up the trail. So, you know, you feel like when a deer blows, you feel like it's over sometimes right you know oh like yeah screw the pooch but that buck just started working its way up and kind of meandered into the the neighboring property and then back out and just kind of working trying to stop stop looking seeing if it could see you know where the grunt was coming from but eventually he stepped back out on the trail and gave me a, a 20 yard broadside shot i'm trying to, so you're in the tree like are we going to the left the right left behind yeah. so i was going to my strong side so I'm a right-handed shooter. So I was, um, he had come to a point where he was in some, he was real close to the property line at this point. He was kind of facing me. So I'm like there, you know, just holding my bow, just real still. He can't see what's making the grunt noise. So then he circles back kind of parallel the property line and eventually jump comes back out. But I haven't drawn on many active deer and that's another thing you should probably do. You know, if you're not going to shoot the deer, still if you can get a safe draw off draw just for the experience right um and it could be on a squirrel it could be on anything but the deer walked through the first window um where i probably could have given him a shot or probably could have taken a shot at it continued on to a second window and i stopped it and even then like if you go back and watch the video the time between me stopping the deer and shooting was super fast like i should have let it settle for another second before pulling the trigger because they ended up being a, he ended up quartering away from me slightly and i didn't realize that so my arrow went in too far back but it came out through the liver so it was about a 20 yard shot you know right past my cameraman that's crazy um did they did any of the deer pay any attention to the hydraulic oil not hydraulic that i oil. saw never yeah hmm. yeah unfazed them I and i'm sure some of those smells they're used to Maybe not that one in particular, but even though this is Southern Ohio, there's still cropland. So stuff's getting yeah. spilled, diesels, you know, off-road diesels getting spilled in fields. Um, um, I, it's one of the, I just wonder sometimes if, you know, we try to like keep sense and stuff away, but if something almost in, in uh, enticed them, right, to come in, yep. start licking it, I don't know. but Yeah, uh, I think they were, they wouldn't have been downwind, I don't think, the way they approached it, but they never... I, the deer that spooked was because of seeing us or hearing us. Like she locked on to where we were at. Gotcha. 
That is such a demoralizing feeling too when they start blowing yeah. at you. You're like, dang it, because you know it's how it's going to end, right? Um, anyways, but all right. So you pull back, and uh, you do you have any remembrance of what was going through your mind? What I remember the most was the pop. It sounded like you were like popping a balloon, hitting a punching bag. So like based on that, I don't have lit knocks, so the video didn't tell us a lot. Like you could tell tell the deer mule kicked. So it seemed and that combined with uh, like he didn't hunch up, like it would be a gut shot, right? Um, but that combined with the sound, which was super memorable, it sounded like it was probably a good shot. But the deer ran and then stopped. And I lost track of him here, but then Joe saw him just walk off. So we went down, we got, we stayed in the tree. He headed towards neighboring property. So right away, I'm like, I had happened to meet one of the neighboring landowners that day, that already that morning. So I'd contacted him, got a hold of another neighboring landowner just in case. Cause it was like where, where it kind of went together was where three properties kind of come together. So it's like, I think at that point I had touched base with a couple of different people. Um, but not knowing we didn't go in right after it, you know, not knowing if I hit too far back, what was going on just because of the way the deer reacted, like you didn't hear him go down the hillside and pile drive into the ground. Right. Right. So we found my arrow was complete pass through. And what kind of arrows are we shooting? What's your setup look like? Um, so deer crossing archery is what I use. It's just an Easton, okay. Easton arrow with a QAD broadhead fixed blade. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm just curious. So fixed blade, uh, like single bevel or it's a triple. Du- double? I mean, double? it's like triple cut, like just a, yeah, just like a pyramid. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, so it gets you. You find the arrow pass through. Blood look good or dark or yeah. The, no, the blood wasn't dark. It looked like good blood. Oh, good. But we pulled out, not knowing, you know, if it was a great shot or not. So did you leave it for that night, then? Yeah, so we went back to the house where we'd stayed because then Steve, our other hunting partner, he had hunted, um, I think, on public land, way national that night. So we met back up at the house to show him the video, tell him about it, see what he thought on the shot. And then two hours, three hours later, we were back at the property, start looking. Okay, so you did go back that night. We did go back that night. Um, if we would have known how far back it was, we probably would have, we would have held off longer. Um, but you know, right. As we start looking, you can hear the coyotes start going off too. So like if we would have left it lay, I don't know how much of it would have been left. Yeah. Did you see that one that Mark Canyon put up where he shot the doe in the morning and then whatever it was a couple hours later, he went to find it. It was like half eaten. No, it was a doe he shot. I think he shot at Doug Duran's farm earlier this year. Crazy, that's, craziest thing. That's crazy how fast they can. I just saw someone post something on Facebook about that where they had shot a buck. Part of it was gone by the next day or two. They had found it. Nuts. Um, all right. So you shot it. You find the blood. You go back, chill out for a little bit. Then you head back out to the woods. Is it dark? It's dark at this point. Yeah. Then obviously, yeah. starting um, to rain. Oh, even better. Um, what's going through your mind at that point? Um, I was excited at that point. I wasn't too worried about finding the deer because the blood was pretty good at first. Um, but as we tracked, you know, you could see where the deer stopped. You'd have a pool of blood, you know, maybe like a small dinner plate wide. And then it would walk on. There was still some decent blood, but by the next time it had stopped, like after that time, the blood pretty much had disappeared. So that's when I'm like starting to pray and being like, I'm never going to deer hunt again. And all <laughs> right. those kind of wild thoughts that go through your mind. That roller coaster is real. Oh yeah. I mean, um, cause you're so excited at first. Like you think you have this awesome buck, right? Right. Like you think it's in the bag. You just got to go find it. And then all of a sudden the blood dries up, starting to rain. You don't know where it went. New property that you're not even super familiar yeah. with. Right. Well, at this point we're on the neighboring property. So it's yeah. like, we had permission to be there, but it's like, what do you do? You just can only work with the evidence you have. It's like, we have to come back in the morning and grid search maybe. Yeah. So the blood's drying up and it's starting to rain and all, all the, you know, cards are falling against you. What happens? 
So just keep working that area at this point. I'm just kind of grid searching, just kind of looking for whatever we had me and Steve and Joe were out there and uh, they called me back up the hill and near where one neighboring property went to another, there's a fence line. And um, at that point he had found some real dark blood, like three inches wide, you know, drop three inches wide. So, and it's like gritty. So that's where, you know, finally the stomach blood's coming out. Um, then he shined his light across onto the other neighboring property and 20 yards over there was the white belly. So pretty good feeling. Hard, hard say. Yeah. You're like, thank you. God. They, had, they had found it first and waited to tell me, but. Oh, that feeling is such a relief. Yeah. Isn't it? Finally, finally to grab one and just enjoy the moment. It was pretty special. Call your wife and say, thank you, honey. Yeah. You'll never guess how this worked I out. Did. We have cell phone service at the top of the like that logging road right there. So I called, made a call back home and she was pretty excited that we had found it. So well, she's super pumped for you. Yeah, she was. She oh, hunts that's, too. That's great, man. That's awesome. So, um, the, I mean, it's beautiful deer. Congratulations. Uh, I'll make sure when we post this, I'll put the picture up on the, uh, social medias and stuff so that people can see what we're talking about. But, um, when you sent me that, I was, I was so excited. I was because I know I felt your pain, man. It like, I have gone so long without a buck and everything. And it just that feeling and all the hard work you've put in to yeah. even to buy land. And although, I mean, you, and you're so far from, from home when you're doing that because, and I, I just, man, that was like the greatest, greatest text I message think- I got that day. Thank you. Part of it's, it's like in business, right? Like social media, Facebook, you just see everyone else's successes. You never see the, the years of sacrificing or failures or experience they're gaining along the way. And, and that's what this is, right? If someone didn't know how long, like you, how long I've hunted without finally cashing in on one, like it's not as, it's not as simple as buying a piece of ground and stepping foot on it and shooting a deer. No. I mean, we had put hours of work in just that day to to make something like this a possibility. So that's great. So what's next on the docket for you? Are you uh, going heading back to, down to... this weekend, Southern yeah. Ohio? Yep. Doe hunting? Yeah, I will be. Um, we have family deer camp. Our family archery camps this weekend. So yeah. we got relatives from Delaware, Pennsylvania, Ohio, all coming down to the archery hunt, both private and public land. So. Oh man. Uh, will you be going out of state at all for? Any... No, not with that baby. Like no, this would have been the perfect year. Good like, point. <laughs> yeah, this would have been like, obviously I've never tagged out like this. So, you know, if it's next year, the year after I would buy an out of state tag for sure. Whether it's Indiana, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, somewhere. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So. But what about you? Are you going back to PA this year? Yeah, I'll be in, uh, I head over to Pennsylvania and then uh, we're going up to Michigan to do couple days up there during their rifle season okay so um still have to still got tags to fill here but i just got to find time to get in the woods that's been my challenge so i'm super thankful for the opportunity i would never turn down if it was opening day after nine years i'm not turning down a buck but the downside is like your season's over when you don't have other when you don't have other states to go pursue it's like well, there's still, I mean, they're still seeing other, you know, taking other people onto the new piece of property. Hopefully someone harvesting a nice deer, doing management work. There's a lot to look forward to still this year, but. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, congratulations. And uh, like I said, man, that's so pumped for you and, and everything and look forward to hearing what happens uh, down the road. Maybe you just have to pop out another baby and then uh, it's like a good luck charm thing. Yeah. You know, just time it up for like the first day of the season. There we and, go. We'll get you down there, there you to know. get a hunt in. Oh, well. That, I, won't, I won't turn you down on that. So, maybe maybe Paul and come turkey hunt. There <laughs> you go. Oh, don't even talk. You get Paul going on turkeys, man. He'll be down there in a second. So. That's exciting. Well, I appreciate it, I man. Feel- Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for coming on, and we will uh, talk to you soon. Good luck the rest of the season. Yeah, you too.
sorry about all that. I was out in the woods. I was about an hour from home. I got stopped by the landowner on the way home. Wanted to talk. I didn't really want to talk. I wanted to go home so I could record and eat dinner. Stopped and got some Chipotle on the way home. Just trying to like house that down real fast, but it's all good, right? That's how it is. Yeah. I I take corn out uh, to my grandpa's, my, my mom's dad. And every time he's out there, he wants to talk and he's a talker. He'll talk to you all for an hour. Every time I'm over there, I, I cherish it though. So, you know, good stuff. Yeah. So what you guys been up to hunting, obviously, huh? Yeah. A little, a little bit of that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of work, a lot of school. Yep. So. All right. So we got Parker and Peyton and uh, you guys know, I've known you for a while. Probably you were little. When I first met you, and you thought I was Slim Shady, uh, now, you're, <laughs> I, now you're getting big. I'm getting old, uh, and uh, you're putting down big deer. So this is awesome, Parker. You were on last year with your uh, with your stud of a buck, and then this year, Peyton, you're the, are you the first one to get it done in the in the the household this year? Yeah, uh, I got it done on my uh, second hunt this year, second sit. So pretty That's quick. Awesome. There you go, man. Now, now you got to find something to do for the rest of the, the season, huh? <laughs> yep. He'll make us breakfast at deer camp. <laughs> he'll make what? <laughs> I said he'll make us breakfast at deer camp. There you go. Camp cook. That's what. <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah. You actually relax on your uh, your vacation down to the cabin. So, all right. Well, let's talk about this. Uh, I, I want to hear the whole story. So, how long you've been following this deer? And I want to I want to know it all. So I, I'll let you, Peyton. You can start, Parker. You chime in wherever you need to, or however you want to do this. So, all right. So uh, it was early September that we uh, first had the deer on camera, and he was he was uh, running around with another buck that we had uh, from the year before uh, that we called Reggie, and uh, they were running around for most of September, and uh, we had them on camera fighting. And then uh, Reggie is vacant now, and he's gone. He hasn't uh, hasn't shown back up, so uh, he kind of ran him off, I, I guess, and won the fight. And uh, he was he started showing up in in daylight pretty consistently, and um, pretty much like once once every week at least, and on cold fronts and stuff, uh, a little bit earlier. And then uh, I got it done on a big cold front that came in, so. There's so there's so much more to that story. I know. Okay, so you talked about getting him on the camera in September. Was that because the, you had just put the cameras out, or is that because that's when he started showing up? No, yeah, that was the that was the first time that he was started showing up. I think I don't think we had him on camera last year. Gotcha. Yeah, and <clears throat> starts daylight, and I'm looking at the videos and stuff. You have this, you got a little buck, and then another. It's like a buck train. They're just coming down the line here. Yeah, the, I think the I think the third buck in that video is the buck that was Reggie. Okay, and he was the second one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Duke. Did we give Did we give him a name? Yeah, his name's Deuce. Deuce. Why do we go with Deuce? So he had a he had a little uh, point coming off of his which one which which point was that Was that the one come off his his brow tine? Yeah, his brow tine, and it kind of looked like a, a peace sign. So I called them deuce, like deuces. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. I, you know, I give you guys credit that you can, like, name a deer and be able to tell the difference. Usually it's, I, I don't know, I, I'm not good at that. But um, So you, you got them on, on the camera. They're starting in September. Your big, big boy, Reggie, he leaves. And then you got deuces sitting, coming in at daylight. So let's see. Were you able to pattern them pretty, pretty well? So the this is the same property i shot my buck off of last year um so we have historic you know year after year we have these bucks kind of doing the same deal um they're at the end of october um and you know i we we pattern them mostly on cold fronts um he's day he daylighted on days that I wouldn't say our ideal days, um, but we stay out of the woods and we kind of give them the false sense of security on the property. Um, 
I think that that was literally the second time that anybody had sat on the property for the entirety of the season. And we kind of just sat back and watched them. So we have the historic pattern. And then aside from that, it's just sitting back and waiting uh, for the right time to sit in the woods. So, and were you monitoring the wind direction on this? Yes. What yeah. So the it, it was all just stand related wind direction. Um, you know, I, I wasn't paying attention to what winds he was coming in on um, or anything like that. It was more just what wind direction works. So we're not blowing our scent toward the deer um, when we're after him. I know this is your story, but I'm going to tell you right now, like when I went into the woods today, everything was telling me Southwest wind. I'm not joking. When I got up there and I threw the milkweed, it came from the Northeast. I was so mad uh, that I, I thought I played this perfectly. Um, and I don't know that that's why I didn't see any deer tonight. There's a combine going through the field too. But um, when we talk about wind, that, I don't know. That's still like very fresh in my mind. So anyways, what wind was, was good for this stand that you guys were at? Uh, so uh, a west wind of, you know, a southwest wind, a west wind, or a northwest wind, uh, any of those would work. Um, I think we were getting a northwest wind on yeah. this night. Um, so the a, any of those wind directions would work. Uh, you know, we were blowing, blowing wind direction into uh, the the field um, directly behind him. Um, and, the, and he was sitting on the food plot, actually, so... Um, which we don't do very often. I, I really don't like sitting over food. I know how backwards that sounds, uh, but it's, uh, it's the highest risk that you can take when you're in after a buck. Um, in, in my opinion. So yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he was coming, he was coming to the food every night. And, uh, last year was a little bit different when I shot my buck. Um, I caught him on a, on a morning, um, on his way back to his bedding area. Uh, but he was coming into the food source so regularly that we were 90% confident that he was going to show up um, over the food that night. And he did, and he did really early. It was five 30. Um, so it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, we kind of just sat back, watched him, and went in when the time was right. And it happened. So uh, it was pretty cool to watch it turn out that way. Now, were you guys hunting together? Or no, <laughs> so I, I kind of talk like we're hunting together because we, we talk about it every single day. You know, we kind of put our brains together on what we think is the best thing to do. Um, so I, to me, I feel like I was there hunting with them, but I was 30 minutes away in a different tree stand. So um, <laughs> we we confer a lot on uh, what we do with uh, and when we sit and where. Hey, and I don't know if, if Parker told you, but he literally called that shot that night. He was texting me. And he's like, I can feel it. He's going to put one down tonight. He's going to, he's going to get one. And, um, sure enough, it was, I don't know, a couple of, maybe not even a couple hours later, text me. He's like, he shot one. He shot one. He made shot one. I'm like, all right, here we go. Yeah. So me and me and my brother were, were pretty confident that, uh, that day we were after like the Browns game or whatever, we were, uh, we were talking, I was like, Oh, you should probably go down to the shop and get your light and uh, light and uh, blades for your knife. And he did, and I was I was pretty confident. And I mean, it happened uh, like we like we thought it would. Beautiful. So Peyton, you're sitting up in the tree, and uh, Deuces comes out. Were you were you pretty nervous? Is this your first buck? This is my uh, first uh, vertical bow uh, buck. So. It, it Dude, means the most to me, for sure. The last time I saw you, I bet you couldn't even pull the vertical bow back. Oh, no way. Yeah. No way. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I've been I've been shooting pretty regularly, practicing uh, up to that moment, at least. Uh, I kind of cooled down now, but uh, I was I was pretty nervous. I was I was talking to Parker. I was like, yeah, I just I hope my shot's good. Like, that's how confident I knew that he was going to be there. I was like. Yeah, I hope my shot's good enough. And I mean, my shot was a little, a little off actually, but I mean, it, it got it done. It was a lethal shot. So when you're, isn't it crazy when you start walking yourself through everything, no matter how many times you walk through it, when the moment comes and you're like, 
you almost go into freak out mode or were you able to keep it together? So I, I keep, I kept it together more than I thought it, I would. So I, I see the deer at like 40 yards and I, I was like, Oh, like I, I know this is about to happen. I knew he's going to come into the food. So, uh, he looks the other way and I, I grab my bow off my, uh, hanger and I'll just get it ready. And I, I'm not drawn or anything yet. And he, uh, he walks behind, he walks kind of around to the, 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 uh, feeder that we have so he doesn't walk straight at me so i kind of have time and he he goes behind cover so he couldn't see me so i i drew when he was behind the cover knowing that he was going to come like right up to the food so it does like a, a half circle and he's walking up and i'm already drawn and i i kind of look away and i take a i take a big breath and i'm like all right calm down I, like you, you got this and uh he's walking i give him a little little meh and he stops and I shoot and I was like, holy crap. Like I, I know there's so many things to focus on, but I like I felt so congratulated that I it was kind of like surreal moment trying to see where he goes and look at my shot. And it wasn't a pass-through shot, so I was trying to look at the arrow as it was stuck in the side of him. So So you uh what what kind of um draw weight and stuff are you shooting? Uh it's fifty-five pounds right now. I'm gonna okay. up at this uh, season okay how um fixed blade or mechanical fixed fixed okay cool. it's, it's a hybrid okay cool uh, um it's, it's, but it got the job done right it doesn't it doesn't matter um yeah I've, yeah the, I've the, shot the blade both. is actually perfect yeah so where did you hit him so i hit him a, a tiny low but mostly far back was the the air uh he, he was courting away and I hit him a little, a little far back. I hit him liver, and I think I got into the the chest cavity and hit a uh, lung on him. Okay, so you see him take off, and you can, you know, the arrows in him. Um, do you did you use lighted knocks? Uh, I didn't have any, so okay. I I I was not using a lighted knock. I go back and forth on those, but man, after the moment, after that arrow goes, that sure makes a difference. Where how you remember things and where it goes, uh, <laughs> yeah. or where, how you can see it. Um, how, what happens next? I'm I, sure uh, instantly it was like Parker, 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 Parker. Yeah. I, well, I knew Parker was hunting. I didn't want to ruin his hunt. So I called my dad twice. He didn't answer. Come I called on, Parker and I was like, I started whispering. I was like, Parker, I, I shot him. Like I, I shot deuce and Parker was freaking out. And I was like, all right, I got to hang up and call mom. And uh, I call my mom, get a hold of my mom and dad, and start talking with them about it. And uh, right after that, I took a picture of where like he entered like the like the brush line, I guess. And uh, so we can like know where he went. I go back to the house. My I, my dad came and picked me up because uh, he dropped me off in the woods. And we were waiting. Parker's coming back because he was hunting, but he just he left the woods. He he came back. He aborted what his a mission. Brother. What a brother. So well, my my wind was off just slightly. It wasn't blowing exactly where I wanted it to, and then I just didn't have a good feeling I was gonna see anything. I was like, I can't miss this. I gotta head back. So, just uh, I I kind of coached him up before he we went to the woods a little bit because you know this kind of his first time doing this um, by myself for sure. Yeah. So uh, I had uh, you know you have to be calm during the shot. I told him. You know, if you take a picture of where you think he went exactly from the stand, it helps a bunch. Once you're on the ground, everything looks different. Way different. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, then he calls me, you know, we're kind of freaking out. I I get out. I kind of do a few over the speed limit on the way home. I was pumped. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we got back. We kind of just chilled out. Uh, we gave him at least an hour before we, I, I told him, I'm like, don't go look for blood. Don't go look for an arrow when you get down, just get out of there. And, uh, we gave him, it was about an hour. Uh, exactly. We had up there, we took it really slow, uh, looking for blood. And what was it? It was like 20 yards before we found first blood. Yeah. There was no blood for at least 20 yards. And when we found it, it was, I could tell it was just liver blood. And that was it. And he said the, the arrow stuck in him. So the, the blood that we found, there was a decent amount, 
right at first, but it was all kind of that gritty, really dark liver blood. Um, so we stayed up there. We looked for a little bit more blood, but we didn't go much farther than that. And then we just backed right out and came home. We were debating on whether we were going to give them two hours and go back up and look because it was still early. You know, we shot them at 530. We headed up there at 630. We were back by 7, uh, yeah. 730. And we were debating on whether we were going to go back up. And we said, just we're going to call it off and wait till morning, um, which I'm glad we did. I, I'm pretty confident he was dead when we went up there the first time. But I always like to err on the side of caution in that situation. Absolutely. And I, I think if I recall that night, it actually was pretty cool. Um, it was. Yeah. Temperature wise. Yeah. I, I think it was in the 40s. Um, yeah. So compared to some of the other nights, it definitely was yeah, there. Yeah. Um, so Peyton, tell me how well did you sleep that night? <laughs> so I, uh, I stayed up pretty late, but I was, I was, I was confident that my mom would let me out of all school cause she's pretty relaxed about that. So I was like, all right, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going into school. I can just, I can stay up. I can, uh, I can game plan. And uh, I, I I was in my thoughts. I was watching all sorts of videos on YouTube about liver shots and whatever. I mean, I already knew a lot, kind of, but I mean, I I wanted to know more after that. I was like, all right, I, I got to really pay attention here. And uh, I fell asleep probably at like 11. I woke up just like pumped up. I was like, all right, let's go find this deer. And uh, I took my shower and me and my uh my my brother and dad just got home because they they went into work like before we uh, went out because we we wanted light so uh and then we headed up to the woods yeah so we i my dad and i you know we have the luxury of working together which i'm sure you can imagine how that goes but um <laughs> we we headed back at i think what was it about 7 38 o'clock yeah. we waited for light we actually had a really good frost that morning but not so much in the woods um <laughs> my dad and i had game plan the night before i told him i'm like you and peyton start at the blood which was our our first and last blood because that's all, all the farther we had went you guys start there and then i said i was going to start on the back side of the property and backtrack and work my way towards about where I thought he might have ran. And uh so that's what we ended up doing. Um <laughs> and uh so so they started there. I I started and I was I was working my way pretty quick because I had a good idea of where he was kind of gonna be going. Um and I, I I knew that we didn't bump him. Um so I I made my way pretty quickly to about where I thought he would have been. There's a trail that kind of cuts through the property. I searched there for a good while looking for just blood. I didn't find any blood. I worked my way down. There's another trail on the backside of the property uh, that intersects the other trail. I didn't see any blood on that. And uh, I kind of looked back at my, my trail cam video, my cell cam videos, and another buck that we had on there, who's a three-year-old who we called general. He's a uh, nice eight point with a few extras on him. I make him a 10. Um, two minutes after the shot, I had him on camera near where I was standing and he was standing alert. He was looking around. I could tell that he was somewhat spooked. So I, I, I couldn't hear anything in the video. I couldn't hear any crashing or thrashing or anything like that. I started looking in that area, which had some pretty thick cover. There was a bunch of rubs. Um, and there's a pretty good trail that cut through the, the thick cover in there. I walked through that trail and about 30 yards in front of me, I saw his buck laying there without a blood trail. I just found him by stumbling upon him basically, um, <laughs> which was, was pretty cool. I had, a, I had an idea where he was going, but I, I'm pretty sure I just got lucky you know uh, Peyton when you and dad are walking that blood trail how was that going on your end well there was no blood trail it was it was it was rough I was I started panicking a little bit I was like I, I this deer isn't losing any blood I can't find anything and so 
Parker, after he found the deer, he calls my dad and my dad's on the phone with someone for work. He was talking to one of our drivers or something. And uh, so I call Parker because that my dad told me to. And Parker, he's like, uh, you find anything over there? And I'm like, no, like we got no blood. And he was like, I was already standing over the deer. And he was like, oh, well, you could probably just come over to me then. He's he's dead right in front of me. And I was like, no way, dude. Like, you're messing with me. I'm like, I, I was like, say say you're serious right now. I was like, promise me you're serious. He's like, I'm serious, dude. So I, I make my way over to him. And it was it was a it was a good moment right there. Yeah. It was my family and the deer that I just Parker, that was Parker. good. You got him good there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I've never seen him move so quickly through the woods It was pretty cool. So Did did you find the arrow? Yeah, the arrow was still stuck in him, uh, which I'm surprised he didn't get a pass through it. Uh, you know, after further investigating, it hit the rib on, on the other side of the cavity, and it, it cracked his rib. And, it, you know, after we skinned him and everything, the whole side of him on the opposite side, was all it, it wasn't bruised up but it was all bloody and you know on the outside where uh his rib was cracked so it like if it would have slipped through the ribs i think we would have had a lot more blood um but it just you know it, it hit that rib cracked the rib and just stuck in them um right. which it it actually wasn't a bad shot i mean it was a little far back it went in hit the liver which we were getting all the liver coming out of the entrance wound, all the liver blood. Um, but it, it got a lung, uh, it went through the diaphragm, got a lung, um, inside the chest cavity. So, um, it, it, he didn't go far. He died pretty quick, uh, with the, with the liver and the lung shot. Um, so how far was he from the stand? It was about 23 yards. Um, I, I walked it off because my dad was like, are you sure that's 20 yards? I'm like, I've walked this like 30 times, um, making sure that's 20 yards. I don't, I don't even use a range finder. I just walk it off and I know about what 20 yards is. So we all kind of know what 20 yards is. We've been playing football and watching football for a long time. Right. So. <laughs> right. That, uh, so the deer died 23 yards from where you shot him, Peyton? No, no. He was 23 yards on the shot. Oh, oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. How far? Yard shot. He he ran less than a hundred yards. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was it was pretty quick. Hmm. Awesome. 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 That. So what do you think, Peyton? Now you check that off your list of things to do, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess improve next year. Uh, same same morales though, and uh, I guess it all worked out in the end. Me and Parker kind of got the day off of work and school, and we <laughs> we went around. We skinned my deer. We took it to the butcher. We took the hide and whatnot to the taxidermist. So that'll be a good one to put on the wall for sure. So uh, <laughs> yep. Parker, you got your eyes on one then? You well, said? actually, so while Peyton was staying up uh, worrying about his deer, I was sound asleep. I was exhausted. <laughs> And, uh, he, he came into my room that night because we shared the same cell cam account. He comes into my room that night and he's showing me this buck that's showing up on our camera who we're thinking is about 150 inch 10 point. I'm pretty excited about him, but he came in to my room and woke me up and I did not care less that, that or I could not care less that there was a buck on this picture. I'm like, get out of my face. He's showing me this big buck. And I'm like, I'm going back to bed, dude. I don't care, which I was half asleep. Uh, I I didn't even know what he was showing me, but I wake up in the morning. I'm like, dude, did you see this buck? He's like, yeah, I was trying to show you. Uh, So yeah, I got my eyes on him now. Um, I'm hoping he shows up tonight and, uh, get after him this weekend potentially. So yeah. Hopefully that rain cooperates or whatever. The forecast doesn't look great, but. Got to do what you got to do, man. And they're starting to move. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. But, and next week, next week, that weather, that looks like it's going to be fire in the woods. By fire, I mean it's going to be really cold. Do you see that? Yeah. 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 So, morning lows down to like 28. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, real cold. Yeah. So a little different than some of the, the rut weather we've had uh, the last couple of years where it's 75 degrees. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, well, Peyton, congratulations, man. Parker, good job You're being a, a mentor and a good big brother. And uh, good luck to you out there the rest of the way. Peyton, go out there and take out some does, all right? <laughs> yep, and th- thank you. Hey, no problem. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon, and uh, yeah, have a good rest of the season. Sounds good. We'll talk to you.